the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We're all condemned to hell apart from the saving work of Jesus Christ. We all stand condemned apart from Christ. But the self-righteous person sees themselves as better than others. Or more deserving of God's salvation. You know, that God, of course God can choose me. They may not articulate that. But anytime you've got somebody who is upset about grace towards sinners, that's a self-righteous person. Have you ever heard someone be upset that someone people consider bad, a murderer for instance, came to saving faith? Or if someone lower on the social scale had a miraculous event in their life, you probably don't think much of that person, do you? Instead of rejoicing, this person's complaining about the character of the person that received God's grace. And the story Pastor Dan's teaching covers today is kind of like that. Jonah had a bad attitude towards Nineveh, and he couldn't see why God would love them. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jonah, chapter 3, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. I point that prophecy out because for years, archaeologists could not find the city of Nineveh. And supposed scholars, you know, in air quotes, declared that the city of Nineveh never existed. Because there's no trace of it anywhere in Assyria. And therefore, the story of Jonah is fiction. It's made up. Because the whole story is centered on this one city that they said never existed. They said that until they found it. (laughs) In the mid-1800s, archaeologists found the city of Nineveh, and it became one of the greatest archaeological discoveries of all time. Today, if you go to the British Museum in London, they have an entire section in the museum dedicated to artifacts from the city of Nineveh. They have a whole room just for Nineveh. The Bible always proves to be true. The Bible always proves to be true and it always proves to be infallible. That is without error. Always. You can count on the Bible. I was talking to a few people today and telling them, I remember... Back in the late 1990s, when Chuck Smith, I remember Chuck Smith saying that Russia will become a major power in the world again and will become an aggressor in the world in the future because there's a prophecy in Ezekiel 38 
that describes Russia invading the land of Israel. That's future. It's yet to be fulfilled. And back in the 90s, I remember Chuck Smith saying, you watch, Russia will become a world power again. And that was back when Russia was barely a country. And I remember thinking at the time, how will Russia ever become a world power again? Now, how could Chuck Smith be so confident that Russia would become a world power again? Because the Bible always proves to be true. And there is this prophecy in Ezekiel 38 that describes a coalition of nations led by Russia and Persia, which is modern day Iran, invading the land of Israel. The Bible always proves to be true. You can count on it. Now, verse four. Some of you are thinking, why don't you talk about that? Why don't you go to Ezekiel 38 and do that instead? Because we're in Jonah. That seems more relevant. Yes, it is. But we're in Jonah. Verse 4, it says, And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Remember, Jonah proclaimed the message that God gave him to preach. And that message was only eight words long in English. It was five words in Hebrew. And the greatest revival in history resulted from that message. As we're going to see, the entire city repented. Now, we tend to think that when we share with a non-believer, we have to deliver like a well-thought-out, well-developed message to persuade people to turn to Christ. That it has to be intellectually challenging and apologetic and answer the objections of that non-believer. We're not able to answer all of their objections. They're never going to repent and turn to Christ for salvation. And it's got to be eloquent and it's got to be stimulating and it's got to be relevant to them. Books on preaching describe like how in the first 60 seconds you've got to tell a joke or a story that's going to captivate the audience. Otherwise, you're going to lose them for the whole time. And you've got to have this many illustrations and you can't go more than 30 minutes because people can't listen that long. And as all of these rules to write or give or deliver a great sermon. If we measure results by the response of the audience, Jonah's sermon is the greatest sermon ever preached. And it's only eight words. But those are God's words. That's what matters. Not that if you got the apologetic thing down and the illustrations and it's compelling. No, what matters is, is it God's word? Is it the message that God told you to give to them? Jonah declared the message he received from God. And that's the key. That's why it was so powerful and so impactful. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul said 
to the Corinthians, I didn't use persuasive words or human wisdom in my preaching, that my preaching was a demonstration of the spirit and God's power. Jonah's sermon is a demonstration of the power of God. Forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. His message was blunt, it was short, and it was to the point. Jonah didn't even tell them why they would be judged in 40 days. Just, hey, you're going to be judged in 40 days. It's okay for you to be blunt with people. Especially when we're talking about eternal things. And salvation. You can be to the point when sharing the gospel with people. Of your note taker, the word overthrown here. It's the same word used to describe the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah and what God did to Sodom and Gomorrah. So 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. A 40, of course, is a significant number in the Bible. It's symbolic of judgment and trials. For example, it rained 40 days and 40 nights in the flood of Noah. The children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. And here the city of Nineveh will be overthrown and 40 days. Look at verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God. It doesn't say they believed in God. It says they believed God. There's a big difference between believing in God and believing God. Most people believe in God. James tells us in the New Testament that even demons believe in God. The people of Nineveh believed God. They believed what God said was true. (laughs) And that affected how they were living. And may we be people who always believe God and take him at his word. Verse 5 again. So the people of Nineveh believed God. And they proclaimed a fast. They put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. The people of Nineveh repented as demonstrated by their response here. And their response was unanimous. Everyone from the greatest to the least of them repented. There was no section of the city that thought, well, you know, that's for them. They need to repent. I don't really need to repent, but they need to repent. That's a message for them. The whole city repented. Repentance is necessary for salvation. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish in their sin. His desire is that all would come to repentance. Repentance is the first step in salvation. Fasting and putting on sackcloth was a way of expressing their grief and their humility before God over their behavior, over their sin. And then verse 6 says, then the word came to the king of Nineveh. As this message is spreading through the city. Word makes its way to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne. He laid aside his royal robe, and he covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. What a sight that must have been. Even the leader of the nation repented and showed great humility before God. The Bible says God will never despise the brokenhearted or the person who is contrite before him. And then the king caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink 
water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Repentance involves remorse over our sin, and it involves turning from your sin. It's not enough to just feel regret. True repentance includes turning away from your ungodly behavior and turning to God. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. And here this king issues this decree, calling upon the citizens to truly repent, to turn from their evil ways, and from their violence that is in their hands. When a person repents, when they truly repent, there's genuine repentance There's a noticeable difference in their life and the way that they live. They forsake their sin. They forsake their old ways. The Bible says if a man's in Christ, if a person's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old things pass away and everything is made new. And the king here, he declares a fast for the nation. We're told in verse 9 in his decree and the hope that God will spare the nation. What a great thing for a leader to do, to lead the nation in repentance and turning to God for the nation. He says here that even the livestock and the flocks were required to observe this fast. That's how serious this is. Don't even feed your livestock. Don't even feed your flocks. Don't let them eat anything. The animals need to fast too. That seems a little strange to us. I mean, the livestock didn't have anything to do with the wickedness of the people. That's true. But the livestock will suffer if the city is overthrown because of the wickedness of the people. So the livestock should take part in this fast as well because it affects them. You know, this is one reason why we should always pray for our nation pray for our political leaders, even if we don't agree with them, even if we didn't vote for them. Because their decisions affect all of us, don't they? So we want them making good decisions. So verse 10 now. Verse 10. Then God saw their works. Note that God saw their works. That they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster. That he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. God saw their works. James 2.18 says we show our faith by our works. The people of Nineveh believed God and repented and God saw their works and God relented 
and spared the city of the disaster he was going to bring upon that city. Now, just so you know, the repentance of Nineveh will not last forever. They will turn back to their sinful ways. It's short lived. And in 612 BC, the city is conquered by the Babylonians. But for right now, they do repent and they do turn from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he had planned on bringing upon that city. And he didn't do it. And this shows us that God's judgment on a city or on a nation can be delayed by repentance in the nation. I want you to turn with me back to Jeremiah chapter 18. Just want to show you a couple verses here in Jeremiah 18. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 7. The Lord says, the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up, to pull it down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. What a great promise that is. If that nation turns from its evil. Then God will relent of the disaster that he thought to bring upon that nation. Keep praying for revival in our nation. Keep praying that the Holy Spirit turns hearts back to God in our nation. Now go back to Jonah. And so the whole city of Nineveh repented with just this one short message from the prophet Jonah. Now, Jesus referred to the repentance of Nineveh in the New Testament. If you're taking notes, Matthew chapter 12, verse 41, Matthew chapter 12, verse 41, Jesus said the men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. The city of Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah, but Israel refused to repent at the preaching of the one greater than Jonah, Jesus Christ. Jonah preached one message that was eight words long, five words in the Hebrew, and the whole city repented. Jesus is among them for three years, preaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God and working all these miracles that validate who he is, that he is indeed the Christ, the Messiah, the King of Israel and God incarnate. There's no denying it. And they did not repent at the preaching of Jesus. And Jesus said the Ninevites will stand in judgment of this generation in Israel that rejected me. It's pretty heavy. So now that brings us to chapter four of Jonah. And so the whole city repents, the king repents, everybody is fasting. And God relents, withholds his judgment. Verse one, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly (laughs) and he became angry. I think most people would rejoice to see that many people repent. I think most people would rejoice to be used by the Lord in such a powerful way that you preach a message and a whole city repents and turns back to God. Not Jonah. Instead, Jonah was displeased 
and angry. He tells us why in verse one. So he prayed to the Lord and said, ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Jonah tells us here that he fled to Tarshish, not because he was afraid of the Ninevites, but because he knew God. And he knew that God is gracious, that he's merciful, that he's slow to anger, that he's abundant in loving kindness, and that he relents from doing harm when sinners repent. He knew that about God. And he knew there was no limit to God's forgiveness He knew that God would forgive even the Ninevites as wicked as they were. Listen, it doesn't matter how wicked or sinful you may be. If you repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for your sins and his resurrection, God will forgive you. The Bible says he'll remember our sins no more. And Jonah knew that about God. He knew that about God. And in Jonah's opinion, God should not forgive people as wicked as the Ninevites. They don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve the opportunity. To be spared from God's judgment. A person who gets angry at the grace of God for others is a self-righteous person. And that person doesn't realize their own need for God's grace. Because the Bible declares that there's none righteous. None of us. No one. There's none good. The Bible says we all fall short. No one measures up to God's standard. No one even comes close. We're all dead in our trespasses and sins. We're all separated from God by our sins. We're all condemned to hell apart from the saving work of Jesus Christ. We all stand... Condemned apart from Christ. But the self-righteous person sees themselves as better than others or more deserving of God's salvation. You know, that God, of course, God would choose me. They may not articulate that. But anytime you've got somebody who is upset about grace towards sinners, that's a self-righteous person. And so verse three Therefore, now, O Lord, please just take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah doesn't want to have any part of forgiving the Ninevites. Just kill me now. I don't want to see you forgive them. I don't want to participate in this. Just take my life, Lord. Now look at verse 4. Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? With God for sparing people that have repented. You're angry Jonah because God wants to show grace and forgiveness to people who have rebelled against him and against his word. You're angry Jonah because God wants to give them a second chance once they've repented. Really Jonah? Doesn't that kind of sound like your story Jonah? Isn't that exactly what God did with you Jonah? When you rebelled? Didn't God give you a second chance, Jonah? Didn't he send the fish to preserve your life so that you would have a second chance? 
listening to Pastor Dan Sexton on Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan's been teaching through the book of Jonah, found in the Old Testament among the minor prophets. Jonah's tale is well known, mainly for the big fish that swallowed him. But there's plenty of additional lessons to learn from this man and his story. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Dan continues to share from this book. Ring of Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. If you're in the Columbia, Maryland area, come see us. We'd be honored to have you join us for worship, fellowship, and time studying God's Word. When you visit, be sure to let us know you've been listening to Ring of Truth. We are currently meeting on Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Or join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for a midweek time to reconnect and study the Bible together. You can find our location and more information about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City on our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not in the area, you can watch online. You'll also find more teachings from this series and others Pastor Dan has shared on our site. And you can find a link to connect through Facebook. Once again, that website is calvaryec.com. We've come to the end of our time for today, but we encourage you to continue reading through the book of Jonah. And then join us again next time for another edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.